Grace and joy to you, family. It's pastor, and it's my privilege today to eulogize the love of my life, the one who was responsible for giving me life, Maddie Laverne Richardson, who is my mama. My text today comes from the great book of 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God, and the time of my death is near. I fought a good fight. I finished the race. And I've remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that great day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his glorious return. Amen. Beloved, I have one of the greatest privileges ever to be the son of two of God's greatest messengers. For my mama and daddy were witnesses of the Christ, and they left a legacy that I'm honored to uphold. You see, legacy matters in this old world. How you live and how you love are the things that make up your legacy. And once again, I among all men am blessed today. For I'm appreciating what the Lord gave me for 56 years. He didn't have to do it, but I'm glad he did. And so secondly, this morning, I'm appreciative because not only did they teach me how to live, how to love, and how to be a legacy to my clan, but they taught me how to die in Christ. You see, one of the greatest truths of scripture is found right here in this passage. And this is that truth that says one day we are all going to leave this world. And when we leave, it makes a difference how we go and how we are remembered. So Paul here has given Timothy insight to preach his eulogy. And these words reveal to him how he wants to be remembered when he's gone. This message has me looking forward to my own departure and looking ahead to the right way to run this race. There are three things my mom is still teaching me concerning this day. She's teaching me how to live a sacrificial life. She's teaching me how to be a lively soldier and most of all, how to be a loving servant. Let me show you what I mean. The text says, as for me, my life has already been poured out an offering to God, and the time of my death is near. When Paul comes to the end of his ministry, he recognizes that his works and his ministry has caused him to live the poured out life. In other words, he has been a libation for the Lord. That's a poured out drink offering, a servant. Paul could say that in every way he had given all to Christ. You see, a libation was a drink offering that was poured out upon a sacrifice. 
Much like we use wine to pour over a meal before it's offered to the fire. Paul is saying that his life was a poured out offering. He lived the poured out life until the departure was near. All the way to the end, Paul never stopped living for God. When it came to serving others, he lived the poured out life. When it came to preaching and teaching, he lived the poured out life. When it came to living sacrificially, he lived the poured out life. His life was not his own. And he was called to live the life of a servant, poured out as an offering to God. And oh, beloved, when I think about my mama, I think about a woman who knew what it was like to live the poured out life. See, every day she lived the poured out life for her children, for her spouse, for her Lord, and for the call of God that was on her life. She lived her life just like a drink offering. She lived life sacrificially for God and for you and I, that he may rejoice in her offering. She was a libation, a poured out sacrifice. And in fact, this is what Paul is talking about in this verse. Paul lived his life as a drink offering, completely all gone for God. And again, beloved, it's a picture of a bottle being completely emptied. See, the drink offering was poured out, symbolizing that he gave God his all. And so did my mama. Can I tell you, she left it all here on the altar for Jesus. She emptied herself in service for God. Let me show you what she's teaching me now about being a lively soldier. The text says, I fought a good fight. I finished the race and I've remained faithful. Beloved, when we discover the imagery here in Paul's writing, it's one of an athlete. He is both a fighter and a runner and is committed to his life in Christ. You see, Paul reveals that as a drink offering, he was the very best because he had gave his all in the warfare. He fought a good fight. And the race he completed, he completed as a runner in a good race. See, as a Christian soldier, Paul could handle the heat of the battle. He admits that his journey was a battle. Can I get a witness right there? His walk was not without warfare. He had to fight to live for Christ in a fallen world. And as a Christian soldier, he could run life's marathon and not quit. Paul admits that he had to run for Jesus and not walk with the world. He admits he had to pursue righteousness and not wander in the wilderness. He admits he was a runner determined to end well. And as a Christian soldier, Paul could make this difficult claim about how he lived on earth. Above all, he states that he remained faithful. Oh, that's a good word right there. Even when taking blows as a fighter, he remained faithful. Even when suffering pain, he remained faithful. Even when growing tired, he remained faithful. 
even when being disappointed, he remained faithful. And I noticed for the record that good athletes don't quit in the ring or on the track. They remain faithful to the end. Paul believes he has a right to look forward to the reward waiting for him, just as a good athlete looks for the reward of competing in the games. And when I think about my mama, she was a lively soldier. Can I call Ro? As the first lady of the church, she ran an awesome race, 47 years. As a queen to her sons and her husband, she was a good fighter in the battle of the Lord. She could say just like Paul, that I did everything Paul did and some. <laughs> she did this with honors. She fought and she ran with honors and she done so faithfully. Can I say some more? As a mama, as a spouse, as a member of the Lord's church, she was a faithful servant of the Lord who committed her whole life to the gospel. Here it is. She emptied herself in service for God. Now let me show you what she's teaching me now about being a living servant. The text says, and now the prize awaits me. The prize, which is the crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that great day, that great day of his return. And the prize, beloved, is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his glorious appearing. Now here, beloved, in this last portion of the text, we discover that Paul has his eyes on the ceremony that's to come. Did you catch it? He can see the award that waits him for righteous living and serving. He can see the benefits of being a poured out offering. He can see the benefits of fighting when he didn't feel like it. He can see the benefits of running when he was tired. He can see the benefits of keeping his eyes on Jesus and his life disciplined as a believer in Christ. He says the prize, it awaits me, that crown of righteousness from Jesus himself. Can I turn the lights on right here? The righteous judge who Paul sees, he observes how he fought and how he ran through life seasons. See, the righteous judge who was present at every battle, present at every match, present at every hill, present as he ran through the valley and present around every turn. Paul, as an eager athlete, is focused on the end of the matter. And in spite of where his circumstances has him, in Nero's prison, waiting on his execution, he can say, I'm looking for my crown. You see, and in Mama's last days on the planet, I had the privilege of looking at her as she fought her fight, as she battled in the last rounds of living, as she ran that final leg of the race. And I can get a report today that she was very focused on seeing Jesus, who would one day judge her for how she fought, how she ran, how she endured for him as a living offering, a living soldier 
and a loving servant of the cross. I'm closing now, but she recognized that there was a prize for her because she eagerly, hey, awaited his return. And here it is. She's qualified to receive the crown because she loved him. She lived for him. She served him and she sacrificed that others might get to know him. In her final days, you know what she would do? Spin them on her bed, praising and worshiping him. She lost her, her ability to communicate, lost her ability to walk, lost her ability to see real good. But when praise and worship came on, she would raise her hand and give him honor, glory, and praise. Can I tell you today, she was a good soldier. She was a faithful warrior, a poured out sacrifice because she learned it from Christ's example at Calvary. Oh yeah, she had a hero. She had a mentor. She had a teacher. And one Friday night at a hill called Calvary, Mama Savior, Jesus the Christ, was stretched high and dropped low. He died for her sins to purchase her soul. He was buried in a borrowed tomb an early Sunday morning. He was raised back to life. Yeah, hallelujah. That mama might have everlasting life. And because he lives, she can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all her fear was gone. Because she knows that he holds her future and life is worth the living just because he lives. We love you, mama. Thank you for teaching us how to be a living sacrifice. Thank you for teaching us how to be a lively soldier. And thank you for teaching us how to be a loving servant. Rest in peace, and I'll see you in the morning.